Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. We, uh, we oftentimes hang around the same people who have the same problems, don't we? Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Some translations say, rise and go, your faith has saved you. Father, we thank you. Today, your goodness is without measure. Lord, we're here today in the anticipation of you changing us. We've gathered together to lift your name, to lift who you are and what you've done. And we're looking into your word with a specific purpose of it renewing our minds. And we pray that you'd break down all barriers to that. And you would change us today because we looked, because we listened, because we applied it. We thank you for this opportunity. And we pray that you'd you'd do that in us today. In Christ's name we pray and everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. This will be his final trip. And as he oftentimes does, he takes, takes a route through a place um, that most people probably wouldn't go. He's taking a route on the border and um, he meets 10 men who have leprosy. <clears throat> now, this is a disease that is believed back then at least to be highly contagious. We've actually found out it's not as contagious as everybody thinks it is. I've, I've actually shaken hands with a guy that has leprosy. My first trip to Africa, I was in Zimbabwe. Big giant guy had leprosy, had lost one leg, had another leg in a boot. And, and they warned me up front and I was like, everybody else was shaking hands and hugging and I thought, oh, okay, we'll all get it. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> But uh, he's a great guy, and uh, he's a pastor. And, um, and so there were some rules that had been established way back when the Israelites left Egypt, when God delivered them through Moses. There were some rules set up for, for the people to govern themselves. They, they had been under the Egyptian rule for a long time, and so now they're out on their own. And, and you know, if you've if you got a teenager at home, you set some rules so that when they try to go out to govern themselves, that they, you know, don't die the next day. So what happens is there's a lot of rules that God gave to the Israelites concerning skin diseases and what to do. Because, because if somebody showed up with a skin disease... And there was no doctors, there was no technology to figure out what, it, there were, there were some rules he put in place. Hey, send the person outside the camp for seven days. Let's, let's have some quarantine. Let's see what happens. And, and if it gets better, we know it was just a little skin rash. 
and, uh, and, and we can deal with that. But if it doesn't get better, then, then we have to have some separate precautions. And so what you're seeing is thousands of years later in Jesus' time, you're seeing these precautions played out in front of Jesus. Jesus is walking this way, and he's out of his way. These men were not allowed to congregate with regular society, and so they were, these type of people were pushed out into the borders and pushed out into where people didn't live, and here Jesus goes, uh, on purpose walking through that, just like he did so many times. The woman at the well told the disciples, I gotta go this way. So I can't imagine on his last trip to Jerusalem that he wasn't intentional about where he was walking, so he runs in to these ten men, and it says they stand off at a distance. Because they know the law permits them to come close to him. And it says they cry out. Now, one thing you need to realize, they're not a, they don't ask for healing right away. They just cry out, have pity on us. I'm sure Jesus' reputation had preceded him on his way. And they realized this is Jesus. This is a rabbi that we need to make sure sees us. And so they start shouting in loud voices, Jesus, have pity on us, master. Have pity on us. So Jesus tells them to go present themselves to the priest. And um, I just thought that was kind of strange when I first read it. So, okay, I'm asking for pity and you say, go present yourself to the priest. One, uh, one of the things that I realized was there's, another, there, there's more than one occasion of Jesus healing people with leprosy. Matter of fact, Luke has another recording of Jesus healing a man with leprosy in Luke chapter 5. And I think it's going to show up on the screen here. It says, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. So he tells him, don't tell anyone. Here's what I want you to do. You know what I found interesting about these two scenarios is that in the first one, Jesus actually touches the man, heals him instantly, and then tells him to go show himself to the priest. This occasion, Jesus stays a distance away. He doesn't close the gap. He doesn't even say he's going to heal them, and, but he does say, go show yourself to the priest. Now, here's, here's where we get tripped up a little bit with during Thanksgiving. Anybody, you won't admit this, but it's fine. During this time of the year, we begin to compare ourselves. And I want to let you know comparison is a killer of thanks, thankfulness. Comparison is a killer of thankfulness. Now, Imagine, imagine knowing both these stories. This is, this is where we get tripped up. Jesus, in one instance, touches a leper, heals him instantly, and then tells him to go show himself to the priest, which makes perfect sense. Now go show that you've been made whole by me and prove to them. In this instance, he doesn't touch the men at all. Matter of fact, he keeps his distance. He doesn't say anything about healing, and he says, go show yourself to the priest. Now, here's, here's the thing that can trip me up sometimes. I want to hear about something wonderful God did in somebody else's life, and I just want to superimpose that on mine. I, I know you've never done that before, so let me say it again. I hear about God blessing somebody else. 
Oh man, God bless somebody else. Then what we do is we say, God, I want that blessing that way for me. And what I found out is God is more specific than that. He's not really a copycat God. That's why, that's why all of our lives are different. Because He uniquely comes to us the way we need, the way we need it, when we need it, everything exactly curtailed to you. So what I do is, I begin to compare how He treated you and how He treated me, and then I get upset about it. Well, wait a second. You're going to heal that guy first. He has to have no faith to go show himself to the priest. All you said to me was turn around and start walking. Nothing's different. Nothing's different. So why can't you just touch me? Why can't you just heal me right now? I think I'd have stood there and went, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I'm going to stay here until you heal me. Because you just told me to turn around and walk away. Nothing's different. Nothing's changed. But we get suckered into the comparison game about, well, I'm sick. I know this person that God healed, but he healed them that way. And so now I'm going to ask God to heal me the same way he healed them. Not realizing that God has a specific way he wants to heal you for his purpose. And so when I try to get him to copycat someone else without going, God, you got a specific thing you want to do in my life and I'm good with it. If it means walk, it means walk. If you want to touch me now, touch me now. Whatever you want to do in my life. Do it the way you want to do it. And then I can be thankful for it instead of comparing one season of somebody's life to my season and be disgruntled about it. God, how can you, t- how can you do so good to them and yet me, it seems like I'm a- I got to work for it. Oh, uh, now I just walked into your living room. Do you realize everybody on earth is experiencing the blessing of God right now? Because nobody's getting punished. There's, we live in grace. We live in grace. We live in this wonderful, majestic world of grace. Unending grace that is called, uh, calls us to compare ourselves to everyone. I don't know how they got that. It's the grace of God. I don't know why they got healed. It's the grace of God. And what I have to be confident in is that the grace of God looks a certain way in your life and it looks a certain way in your life and a certain certain way in your life and it looks a certain way in my life. And comparing them is so futile, it causes me to be unthankful. But when I can say, Lord, you healed him, so I believe you can heal me however you want to do it, then I can be thankful again. I have to confess, me and my son listen to old country music. Risky. We listen to old country music. There's a song. Um, I think it's Lukenbach, Texas. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, all the old guys. And uh, one of the things talks about keeping up with the Joneses for car garage and we're still adding on. I had Thanksgiving with the Joneses. <laughs> we ain't nobody to keep up with. Let me tell you that right now. I had Thanksgiving with a lot of them. The best thing you can do for yourself right now is when somebody else gets healed and you didn't, clap. Just clap. Because it may mean that you just have to walk a little further for it. It doesn't mean it's not coming. It means in the scope of things... We're family, and when one part of the family is blessed in a different way than I'm blessed, I should just be thankful. 
I should just learn how to clap. I learned a long time ago being jealous and envious of the way God treats somebody else gets me nowhere. But if I can wake up in the morning and say, I'm glad you got what you got and I want you to get two of them. I want you to get three of them, four, I don't care. Because nothing I do is based on what you have. It's the grace of God specifically designed for me. And so I'm not looking at you for my source. I'm looking to him. So if you get healed in a different way than I did, it's fine. If God provides you and for you and you don't have to walk to the priest, good for you. I need the exercise. But we get lost in this comparison game. God, how did you do that for them? But you're making me walk for it. Lord, you're making me work for it. You know, there's healing in obedience. (laughs) Over and over again in scripture, you see it. You see healing in obedience. I say a lot of times, salvation is free gift from God. Blessing requires obedience. Salvation is a free gift. You didn't do anything to earn it. You didn't do anything to get it. You can't. It's not by works unless you would start boasting about it, the Bible says. It's nothing that you have done, conjured up. You can't do anything for it. You just got to lay yourself at God's mercy and say, forgive me, I'm a sinner, and accept the free grace that he gives you in the freedom of his shed blood cleansing you. But then you turn around, and it takes obedience to experience blessing. Now watch. If I spend so much time comparing myself to somebody else and what God has done for them, I'm going to forget to walk. He didn't say anything but go show yourself to the priest. Now what you have to understand is the very fact that he told them to go to the priest meant that something was going to change on the way because there was no reason for a leper to even go show himself to the priest unless he believed that he was better. There's no reason. And so there's an indication there that Jesus is saying, as you obey and go, you will be healed. Some of us are praying for things this morning, but we refuse to obey in those same things and we're stuck. Okay, okay, you're going to be tough. That's fine. I'll keep going. I don't need any claps. We'll get to that later. What, what happens is this. We pray for a better marriage, but I don't want to be an obedient husband to God or her. <laughs> I threw the her thing in for safety. Just gotta, just gotta work the whole thing at the same time. I want to have a better marriage, but it requires, that blessing of a better marriage requires obedience to God in the, in the, in the area of marriage, but there's some things that I won't obey in, but I still want healed. I'm standing in front of the master, calling him master, saying, have pity on me. He says, turn around and walk towards the priest, and I go, nope. I want you to do it this way. I want you to make her better first. Somebody's husband's prayed that before. I hear it back there. Here's the issue. He just told them to walk. As you obey. As you obey. You know what? If I want a better family, I need to obey the principles of God. I need to be obedient. And if I'm comparing the way you got it versus the way I got it, I'm going to be ungrateful and disobedient. No, God, when you do it that way, I'll listen. No, he's saying, I need you to start walking. Because thanksgiving and faith is proved out while you're walking. You know what I'm so thankful about? 
is that they weren't healed at a prayer meeting. All of you are like, oh good, I just came to a church with no prayer meetings. That's going to free up Thursday night. (laughs) The reason I'm thankful is because we tend to take one thing that God does and make a doctrine for our whole life. So we think, he laid hands on a guy and healed him. That's the way he always does it. And God says, no, I can heal you on the way. I can heal you while you're walking. I can heal you while you're obeying. I can heal you while you're going forward. I can heal you while you're not at church. I can heal you while you're not at a prayer meeting. I can heal you on your way to doing something that might seem ridiculous at the time. I can heal your marriage. I can, why should I say, why should I say I'm sorry when she never does? Why should I say I'm sorry when he never deserves it? Why should I? Because he asked us to. Because he asked us to. So what happens is, on your way. And I've been in church long enough to see prayer meeting after prayer. Now do not email me this week and say, I didn't realize you were anti-prayer meeting. That's so far from the truth. It's not funny. But when we bottle up God and say, this is the only sis, this is the only way he can do it. We won't walk. We won't obey. I'll say, well, I showed up to another prayer meeting. Nothing happened. I showed up to another prayer meeting. Nothing happened. I haven't had somebody rub my belly this time. I thought, I thought if I did and I could do it backwards. The, the, the Holy Spirit had to come. No. Obedience. And I'll be less likely to be obedient if I'm not thankful. I'll be less likely to be obedient if I'm stuck comparing what God is doing to one guy and what he's doing to something else. You know what? I'm so glad the way God healed you, but it might not be. I'd rather him not spit in my eyes. I'd just rather that not happen. I'd rather him not spit in mud and rub it on my eye. I'd rather him, I'd rather be a distance off, to be honest with you. I'd rather just say, hey, Jesus, you don't have to come any closer. Just say, just say I'm healed and it'll all be good. I don't want to hug. I don't want to. But what I'm confident of is God knows what I need, when I need it, how I need it. And if my faith needs to increase on the journey for me to be healed, then I'll start walking. I'll start walking. Because... After all, I asked him and he's the master. Don't forget the label they gave him when they asked. Master, have pity on us. You know what's so ironic? We come to church, lift our hands, and we say, Master, have pity on us. And when he says, this is what I want you to do, we go, ha, 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 not a chance. Or we say, why don't you do it like you did it for them? They didn't even work for it. Why don't you do it like, it would just seem so easy. At some point in time, I have to trust him that he knows what he's doing and be thankful that he's doing it through me. Amen? So, so they start walking. The Bible says, I don't know how far it was, how long it was, but they're walking. I'm sure the conversation might have started out, they're looking at each other going, dude, I don't, guess we're going to the priest. This ought to be fun. Maybe they walk 10 minutes and they start looking. And he goes, Billy, man, your face is cleaned up. Yeah, and you don't smell bad anymore. It's, it's amazing. Johnny, you actually smell pretty good right now. It's the first time in like 10 years. You smell great. They realize between the 10 of them that they're being healed. One guy. One guy turns around. 
The Bible says they don't even make it. He doesn't even make it. It says once he realizes he's healed, he turns around, runs back to Jesus. One of the dangers in the blessing of God is you will focus more on the blessing than the blesser. One out of ten. Ten percent. Really? One out of ten. And he's not even, he's not even an Israelite. He's a Samaritan. He turns around, comes back. One of my, one of my fears in life is I'll get caught up in the trappings of the goodness of God and forget it was the goodness of God. Because I'm going to tell you something. A nice building is really cool. But I don't want to forget how the nice building got here. By the grace of God. I don't want to be so thankful. I don't want to be so enticed by being healed that I forget who healed me. And the bigger danger is that I could actually give someone else the credit for it. Hey, I knew. I just knew how the whole thing worked, so I started walking to the priest. That's a dangerous place to be when we can't come back to the master and say, hey, listen, it was you the whole time. It was you the whole time. I don't want to get so caught up in the trappings of the blessings of God, and that's what happens to us all the time. You know what I found out? The more stuff you have, the more problems you have. No, I'm not advocating for having less stuff. But I need you to know up front, stuff is intoxicating. It's nice. Oh, it's so nice. Nobody ever prayed, Lord, take it all from me. (laughs) Nobody ever prayed, Lord, I just don't need it anymore. Especially this time of year, like, Lord, if you love me, if you love me, let them bring the good gift on Christmas. Let them let it be out in the driveway with a bow on it. Red, fast, four-wheel drive, whatever. I mean, you just fill in the blanks. But we can get caught up in God's goodness to the point we forget it's God. And during Thanksgiving, we can sit around and thank and thank and thank in kind of this general way for the good turkey we have on our table and never really run back to the master on our knees. Now listen... You see a guy who had leprosy that stood afar off. When he comes back healed, he's on his knees. He's not with his shoulders back going, man, that was a good choice. No, he, he's even more humble than he was before he, before he was healed. Blessings should turn into humble thanksgiving back to God. I got no foothold in this place except your grace. I got no advantage over anyone else except the grace and mercy of God. So when you bless me, I'm coming back crawling. When you bless me, I'm coming back on my knees. You deserve all the honor and the glory. It's nothing I did to deserve it, but you deserve the honor and the glory. And I'll never get so trapped into the good things that you've done for me that I forget that you're the good thing. It's intoxicating. The blessing of God. But we got to be thankful the right way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to switch it a little bit right now. We get to the end. Jesus asked them, but only one guy? Wasn't there ten healed? Wasn't there ten healed? Only one guy came back, and he's a Samaritan. He's looking around at everybody like, Really? You know what I realized? Jesus still went to Jerusalem. 
We live in a world of likes, thumbs up. We live in a world where you got to be super careful with text messages because somebody might misunderstand you. Please get over yourself. We got to be, we got to be careful about what we like and what we don't. I mean, it's just who can figure it out. So if I never like anything you do, it's just because I'm universally dislike everything. <laughs> just like safer that way. One of the things that I want to make sure as our church goes forward is that when nobody comes back to say thank you, we're still willing to walk to Jerusalem. Because the unexpected part of life is when you pour your heart and soul out into somebody you love. The unexpected part is they wouldn't turn around and say thank you. Come on, somebody that's been around a little while, you know what I'm talking about. You don't always get a clap. You don't always get a thank you for your hard work. You don't always get a wow, you're the best. You don't always get... And so what we've done is we've turned into a society that needs it to do anything. We've turned into a society that is addicted to the applause. And so we wake up every morning, nobody, nobody liked my picture, I better take another one. I better take another one. I better, my, my hope and desire for you is to stop taking pictures. That's not the way to get it done. The way to get it done is to realize I don't need any likes to be obedient. Jesus didn't show up at the cross and go, who's happy this is happening? Anybody, can I get any likes on the cross picture? Can I get any likes? There was none. There were no likes whatsoever. The same people that he touched in one season cried for his crucifixion in another. And when the church gets so wishy-washy and our thanksgiving to God that we've got to expect, like, if they don't appreciate us, we're not sure we can do anything good for them. No, Jesus, one guy turned around and come back and he goes, still walking to Jerusalem. Still going. Watch this, disciples. One out of ten. That's the way it's going to look from now on. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Because at the end of the day, it says, do not grow weary in doing good. It's really hard for me to get tired for people applauding. No, stop. Really? No, it's too much. Really? No, stand back up. Keep clapping. No, stop. But the season when the applause stops, when the season when the Thanksgiving stops, is when it becomes difficult. Oh man, nobody noticed. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody noticed. Nobody cares. Nobody, nobody, nobody. You realize it says, do not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, you'll reap a reward if you do not give up. Jesus didn't sit in the Garden of Gethsemane and going, I wish more people were clapping. I wish more people were thankful. So there's really two parts to this story. There's a part of us making sure we're thankful to God and then the part of us being mature enough not to need it to do what he called us to do. I'm not going to compare myself to you in any respect because I want the grace of God to work uniquely in you just the, just the way it works uniquely in me. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out on your own and let God do what he does in you the way he's going to do it in you. And if I got to walk, that's fine. If you get healed immediately, that's fine. And we'll clap and praise and thank God for both of them. But then at the end of the day, I'm not going to need clapping to keep walking. Jesus proved to everybody standing there, if nobody appreciates it, keep going to Jerusalem. 
Keep going to the cross. If nobody says thank you, keep walking to the cross. Paul said, if I could somehow participate in his sufferings. There was no, that Paul wasn't saying, listen, if people would appreciate me more, I could do this sacrifice thing. No, he was saying, this is my goal, whether you like it or not. And the way the world is going to be transformed is not for the church to rise up and say, do you like us? Do you really like us? No, the way the world is going to be transformed is the way Jesus suffered, where if nobody approves, we keep giving grace. If nobody says they're okay, we keep helping. If nope, we keep walking towards Jerusalem. If nobody bats an eye, we don't need the recognition. Because at the end of the day, it's about obedience. It's about being thankful, but not necessarily needing it. It's about being thankful, but not necessarily needing it. And I want to tell you today that I am super thankful for this church. I'm thankful for what every single one of you do. And I pray there's not a point in time where you ever feel like you're serving here and nobody. I pray we are putting systems in place to make sure you're appreciated. I'm going to pay a guy to like it on Facebook, everything. (laughs) Just like everything. That could cause trouble. No, we didn't mean to like that. Sorry. We just, just kind of automated it. But at the end of the day, I want to have enough confidence to know that if there's a season where we don't get any likes, that we're not going to collapse. The mature Christian. God taught me a long time ago, when you preach, you preach for me. And I learned it in Africa preaching to one man. I said, you going to help me out today? He just sat there and looked at me. And I thought, well, and I got suckered into it. The guys are with me. He was like, Chris, you can go first. I'm like, I guess I can. There's only one dude here. Thanks, new guy. So you start preaching and you realize who you're doing it for. All of a sudden, if you can preach to nobody, you're doing it for him. If you always need a crowd... If you can give for nobody's applause, then you'll be generous your whole life. But if you're giving so that somebody recognizes it, it'll, the, the, the water will shut off as soon as the applause shuts off. And God wants to raise us up as mature Christians, not needing, not depending on anything but his grace and mercy. And we can keep walking to Jerusalem. Hey, one guy came back. Thank God for that guy. We're going to keep walking. We're going to keep doing what he's called us to do over and over and over again. And if people notice, fine. If they don't, that doesn't change what he's called me to do. Amen? Come on, the band is going to come stand to your feet. I want to encourage you with this this morning. I believe there's people here who are one step of obedience away from God doing something miraculous in your life. You're one step. The issue of what we just said, nobody's going to clap for that step. Nobody even knows. Nobody even knows. You've had a conversation with God, you know what he's asking you to do. And you're kind of trying to figure out what that looks, how, how am I going to do this? But you're, you're moving towards him in obedience is the beginning of your healing. It's the beginning of a restoration. It's the beginning of a 
restored marriage. It's the beginning of you breaking an addiction. It's the beginning of you. It's the beginning of you being healed. It's the beginning. And 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 you may be kind of stuck right now, wondering, God, I don't. Nobody even knows. Nobody's going to be. Doesn't seem like anybody even cares. The biggest audience you need is watching you right now. The God of all creation is watching you right now with his approval saying, just start walking. Just start. Come on. He's clapping for you right now, cheering. It's the only approval that you need. It's the only, it's the only thanks that you need. It's, the, it's it to start. And my prayer for you this morning is that you'll make no more excuses. You'll compare yourself to no one else. You'll, you'll be thankful for the grace that God is giving you in this moment to do what he's asking you to do. And I believe it's in moments like this that he can absolutely transform your life. He can transform your life as you start walking towards him. Start walking towards him. I don't know what's going to happen when I get there, but I'm walking towards him. I'm walking towards, I believe that he's going to change me on the way. Lord, we're walking towards you this morning. Lord, we don't understand it all. We don't, we don't know how it all works out. Lord, it doesn't seem like people are appreciate, appreciative. It doesn't, but we're committing today to walk towards you. We believe as we, as we obey that you'll heal us, that you'll change us, that you'll restore us, that you'll, that you'll do what only you can do. And so we're going to take the step this morning. God, we're going to walk towards you. This morning, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. We're not going to grow weary, God. We're going to keep doing what you asked us to do. Thank you for this moment, God. Convince us that you will give us the power to do what you've called us to do, that obedience is a choice we're making today. You'll supply, you'll do all that is necessary that we can keep walking. I pray, Lord, that if there's somebody here for the first time that's taking that first step towards you, that a great amount of grace and mercy would just flood their, flood their heart and soul right now, Lord, that they'd realize your love for them. They'd realize how much you've already done for them. And I pray, Lord, that they'd accept that today. And I pray, God, that you give them freedom like they've never experienced. Lord, if there's somebody sick here, God, I pray that they begin to walk towards you in obedience. God, and I pray that you'd heal them. I pray if there's somebody addicted here this morning, God, I pray that they'd walk towards you in obedience, God, and healing would overtake their bodies. Break it today in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, for your goodness to be upon us this morning. And we will give you all the praise and the honor and the thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Come on, church. Could you honor him? Give him thanks this morning. He's good. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, encourage somebody on the way out. You can be generous. Thank him for what he's done, and we'll see you back here next week.